The following audio is from Morningstar Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio. For more information about Morningstar, visit morningstardayton.org. Welcome to the Morningstar Discussion Podcast. My name is Ben. I'm the associate pastor here at Morningstar Baptist Church, and I'm joined, as always, by our lead pastor, John Decker. John, how are you today? Dude, I'm doing great today, Ben. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's it's kind of a weird thing. We're recording the podcast prior to your message, which is kind of abnormal, um, because next week you've got some really exciting stuff going on. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I get the chance to go down to Tennessee for police officer chaplain training uh, here in Centerville where we're at they've never had a chaplain before and we have some connections for our church here at the police department and I was able to get connected with some of the guys there and uh, just kind of shared my heart for law enforcement and for uh, what we want to see happen in the community and it just it's kind of crazy how God just brought it all together but I'm excited about that so I'm gonna be gone for a week um, start leaving actually Sunday after the the uh, our time together assuming we don't get snow last week we talked about the the beautiful sun and now we're talking about like three to five inches of snow it's on. like snowmageddon almost every day here i just <laughs> sometimes you just stop and you go okay is this really the right place because it's just cold like all the time but yeah uh, well it'll be all right it'll, I'm, I'm an ohio um born and raised boy here so we're it's gonna get warm eventually i know you don't believe me um because you're from texas i'm just missing my texas winters man it's like hey it's 60 hey it's winter <laughs> Yeah, we've uh, we've we've tried to fish a couple of times to to no avail. But right. Um, anyway, you've got some police um, um, training and background um, from Springfield. You were a police officer there for a little while. Right. And uh, we're actually diving into this idea of go this great commission idea. And every time I hear the word commission, I cannot help but think of the great commissioner that everybody knows, Commissioner Gordon. Right, right. <laughs> of course, Batman, right? Yeah. yeah. So everybody knows Batman because we're talking about reality here today, right? So Batman. Yeah. What's funny is uh, when I was, uh, the last couple of years I was at the police department, I was in the gang unit, and I didn't wear a regular uniform. I had this really awesome tactical vest that had all the cool gadgets on it and stuff, and I had my my gun strapped to my thigh. And, and so when I would leave, I would tell Jonathan and Daniel, my two oldest boys, I'd say, Hey, you know, daddy is going to work. I'm Batman. Cause I would, I would go to work at night. I'd be <laughs> dressing like all black with all this cool stuff. And I, and they would just look at me like, oh, our dad's Batman. <laughs> so I was like, no, I like, no. and then at some point John's like, no, you're not Batman. You're not a superhero. I was like, well, John, Batman's not a superhero, right? He's a normal guy who fights crime who has all this cool stuff, and I was like, that's exactly what Daddy does. I'm Batman. And I just, yeah. They loved it. It was always fun to that's, go play with them, mess with them. Yeah. They always thought their dad was Batman. <laughs> we don't condone lying to your kids. Right. Absolutely. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, I'm, I, I, when I think about Commissioner Gordon, I think about what does a commissioner do, and, and you share with me, Springfield didn't really have a commissioner that the, the city was the commissioning agent. But, right. But why don't you unpack, what does a commissioner or commissioning agent actually do when, when it comes to police officers? So what's really cool is, um, really a police officer is another normal person, but there's something different. They've been given uh, authority and a, a, what we would say a commission, a job to uh, do a certain thing. And in law enforcement, that certain thing is um, helping to protect uh, the community, to help, uh, um, you know, uh, 
uphold certain laws and you know we don't do the judging part we just do the hey the protecting and the uh trying to keep uh basically keep evil at bay to be honest with you and just confront um that stuff where it's at head on but there has to be authority given and so for us it was the city who would grant that authority that commission which basically when we stood up there and took the oath and raised our hand the city handed us a badge um, at the end of our academy and the authority to go and enforce the laws of the city. And so that's basically what it is. Basically, it's an authority uh, that has been granted to someone or a group of people to do a certain thing is really what that is. And Okay, yeah. So for for a police officer, it's to protect and serve the mm-hmm. city. Right. And then, you know, for a Christian, we're given that same, we're given power and authority um, by Christ to go to the world and, and preach the gospel and, and make disciples. And so I think they can be a really overwhelming thing for for even a maybe a police officer to say you have to protect the city of Springfield like that's you that's a big area or for a Christian you know you have to go to all the world and preach the gospel but even though they said you're going to protect and serve the city the city didn't just say good luck w- what did they do for you as a yeah. as a police officer well obviously for us you, you know you're never the only person out there and there's a group of other officers out there doing it at the same time uh but and there's no way that i could have patrolled the number of square miles that springfield is i mean it's it's very laid out it's it's very sprawling it's it's um you know it's that. Yeah, I got you. But it's it's actually you know it's a big city uh, compared to not I mean, obviously not it's not New York or Chicago, but it's laid out. So there's no way that I could watch over and protect the whole city. And so they gave me an area. So for me, it was when I first started it was Beat 13, and which is the the west central part of Springfield. And uh, that was in you know I had certain boundaries, and so that was and obviously if something happened outside of there, I would respond to that. But that was my area. I knew every day. After briefing, I was headed up to beat 13 and I, and I got to know the people on the beat. I got to know, uh, where, where the bad guys lived, the, our, our frequent flyers, those that seem to always be dealing with where they were at and kind of the, the, what we would call like the, the personality of that beat. And so that, so I didn't have the whole city. There's no way I could have done that. And so I was a very specific area. Yeah, absolutely. And, and similarly, as you're going to, as we've unpacked kind of where you're headed this Sunday, um, and our listeners will hear this you know, after you mm-hmm. obviously preached the message, but, but as Christians, we're supposed to go to the world and preach. That's the, the, the commission for, for all of us, but we've been commissioned to a specific area. We've been given our beat, so to say, we've been given our area to follow. And so I want to look at how do we, as Christ followers, accomplish the great commission? How do we find our area um, and I think obviously the answer is going to be pretty simple. Um, it's we can get it really convoluted, right. um, but it's a pretty simple answer. And so, why don't you kind of st- begin to unpack that? How do we figure out what our beat is, what our area of mission is? Right. Well, I think what we want to do is we want to go back first of all to the Great Commission, where um, you and I were talking even before the podcast. That idea that there was a Great Commissioner. We already kind of unpacked that, which is Jesus, who gave us the mission. And he says one simple word and in Matthew 28. It's also repeated in Acts chapter 1. It's also in the book of Mark. Uh, and that word is go. So it's like we're all going to be going somewhere in life. Like it's kind of like it was where. So basically, it was like, okay, well, where, how do I find where my mission field is at? How do I find where, um, where I'm sent or commissioned to be? And the easy answer for that is where you are. I love in John chapter 4, uh, Jesus is, he, he just talked to the woman at the well. 
she left. His disciples show up. She goes back to the city. I don't know if you kind of remember this. Yeah. this so she goes back to her city. He just called her out for everything. Like, yeah. hey, you're right. You don't have a husband. You, you, you've had many husbands. And the guy you're living with now is not even your husband. So, you know, the, what, what you're doing now is kind of your, your, obviously you're in sin. But, but he loved her through that. And she leaves accepting this amazing new water that he was talking with her about. Like yeah. I can give you the water of life. And so she goes to the city. She basically tells everybody in the city, I just met the Messiah and his disciples are talking to him. And all of a sudden the, almost the whole city is walking towards them. And I love what he says. He basically tells him, turn around. He says, open your eyes and look around you. And he says the, the harvest field, it's white. It's ready to be harvested. So I honestly, how do we find our, our, our mission field? Look around you. Is it really is as easy? We make it harder than what it is. Yep. We hear that word missionary and we think that's the guy or the girl who goes to Africa and lives in a hut and is surrounded by the tribes people and they give their whole life to living in poverty. And, and, and we, we have that very narrow view of being missionary and really that word missionary is just a Latin word, which is mito, which basically just means sent one. Yep. And so it's real. it's wherever you're at. And so mm-hmm. wherever you've been planted, that's your mission field. That's where you've been sent to go. It's not something harder um, than what we try to make it out to be. Yeah. I think it's, it's really easy. I think the, uh, a good question to ask yourself is where do I spend the majority of my time? Where do I spend my time? That's your mission field. Right. And I think to, to realize and, and take some of the stigma away from missionary and mission field and, what a missionary does is they give up their their life, they give up their comfort to go, and that may just be right around the corner. Right, it's right. not may not be right across a great ocean into a, another country. This is may just be right around the corner, and for the majority of us, I would say it's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And there's some people, yes, they're called to go to a foreign land, and and they're and that we've got some. Both of us have great friends that are yeah. missionaries, and and. But that's not my calling. I'm called to be a missionary, but not in, I'm called to be a missionary in Centerville. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, when I was, not to go, I know you love cop stories, but not to go too (laughs) deep, but when I, when I was a police officer and I remember, you know, my goal was never to be a police officer in my life. That was something that just, Manny, I had moved back to Springfield and we had a little boy and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get a real job. I gotta support a family. And I, my, what I wanted to do was be in ministry and it just wasn't, God wasn't seeming to open those doors. And so went through the process, became a police officer. I remember driving around in my car. I mean, we're talking years and years of doing this. And I'm thinking like, why am I not in ministry? Why is this not opening up? And it was like one day, like God just kind of really just slapped me upside the head. Like, what are you talking about? Like, look around you. That kind of idea of look, look around you. Like you're dealing with people on the worst days of their life who have been blinded by so many things of this world. Like I, it's almost like God was like, what? Like, are you crazy? I've placed you in the most primed, amazing mission field of all time where you're dealing with nothing but truly broken people whose brokenness is on the, on the outside. Instead of like most of us, we keep our brokenness on the inside. It's not very evident. It's not visual. And so it's, it's that. So for me, that was my mission field. That was my, I was a missionary, but I wasted a lot of time not realizing that during, sure. during that time, I'm like, man, what could I have done? How many more conversations could I have had, had I just realized that that's where I was. And so this, that idea of J- what Jesus said in John Ford just kind of rings in my ears of mm-hmm. look around you, open your eyes and look around you. Right. So you've got your family, you know, your job, 
your kids' sports teams, all these places that you spend a lot of time. And, and so you've identified your mission field. Mm-hmm. And so that can be kind of overwhelming, right? So, right. all right, my job is my mission field. <laughs> what next? And so I think one of the, kind of the questions that we need to ask now is once you've identified your mission field, what next? Right. Well, what we've been talking about here is in, in this series and obviously in this podcast is the first we talk about gathering and then growing. And this week it's about grow, going. And we've it's all been tied back to community. Mm-hmm. So the first week we talk about we were created to live in community. That's why we gather. Uh, last week we looked at we were created to grow in community. And this is no different. So the idea we're talking about this coming Sunday is we were created to go as a community. So the idea of what next is, man, we, we've got to be plugged into a local church. So even if you're not in our area, maybe you're not in Centerville, Ohio, or you're somewhere, you've got to get connected with your church because yeah. you were, you were created to go in community. And what I, what I love is this, and what we're, we're going to really going to dive into this on Sunday is when we go in community, when we do this, like there's, there's encouragement that's there. Um, there's strength in numbers and, and there's joy that's found in the fact that we can go in community. And when I look at when Paul and Silas were thrown in prison, you, you, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Like they were, they were beaten. They were thrown into the, what the, the Bible, like it's the depth of the, so it's like the lower level. Gross. It's not, it's not, yeah, we're talking like literal think dungeon. That's what we're yeah. talking about. And this isn't his first time. This isn't his first rodeo being thrown into prison, but this time like he's been beaten horribly. And now they're putting stocks, which means they can't, they can't stretch out those back muscles that have just been whipped. Like they can't get comfortable. Like they're, they're not able to tend to one another's wounds. And yet in the middle of the night, what do we find them doing? They're singing. They're yeah. singing, right? They're, they're like, they're, they're joyfully singing. And, and, it, I, and I, we don't know what song they were singing, but I don't think it was one of these melancholy, like yeah. really, I believe they were rejoicing in singing. And that's really what caught that guard's attention. And, and so the, the idea is that everywhere Paul went on his mission, he was with someone mm-hmm. and he was doing it in community. He was going as a community. And, you know, when, when we're working, it's always more fun to work with people. Yeah. It's always encouraging to see, look to your left and right and see somebody helping shoulder that load with you. Um, and there's joy there and, and, and there's strength there. And so the next step is once you identify your community, once you identify your mission field is do it in community. Don't do it alone. Yeah. I, I mean, even in Acts 2, when we talked about that all the way back at the gather, the Bible says that they were being added every day, um, but it was because people saw community. It was because the people in their context and in their mission field saw this incredible community that they had never seen before. Right. And it was it was a huge piece that I that drew people to this idea of this Jesus thing is something different. And I think identifying your mission field is a big deal. And then you have to identify the people in the field. And mm-hmm. it's like you said about um your beat beat 13, you learned the personality of your beat and you right. learn the different people in your beat. And so you've got to, like you said, look around and you've got to begin to identify, okay, this is the mission field God has put me in. This is the people God has placed around me to reach. And I think it's so easy. And you, you get into this idea of the American dream where we focus on our, our own success and own well being that we completely miss the people that are around us. Yeah, and that's, you know, we're going to be talking this Sunday about the what what the real tragedy is 
um, and the real tragedy um, in our lives and in, in, our, in our world, in our sphere that we're in right now is the amount of people who are focused more on having that, having that job, having that nice house, having a car, having a couple kids and a wife or a husband and looking forward, what we end up doing and what Satan's really done in our culture, we look forward to that day when we can retire, yeah. right? We look forward to that day where we can hang it all up, sell the house, buy an RV, travel the world, tra- travel the United States. It'd be hard to travel the world in an RV, but travel the, you know, the U.S., go look at stuff, go hang out at the lake, go to the beach, go go see the, and And that has become in our lives, our magnum opus, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's become the end all our end game. And, and that's not a, what's, it's not a bad thing. Like it's not bad to work hard and it's not bad to have a house or to have a family. It's not bad to, to, to even have money. What's, what's wrong is where we've crossed that line into sin. And this is what's really hard for a lot of us, a lot of us to hear is that that has become our goal. Yeah. Instead of our goal being to go. Right. And, and to live the mission wherever we're at. And, and so really Satan has really, just like we looked at a couple of weeks ago, um, in the area of our gathering, Satan uses our isolation as a tool to keep us discouraged and alone. In the area of our going, Satan uses the American dream to keep us good, but not great, mm-hmm. to keep us successful, but not significant. Like a lot of people don't understand Satan he, he wants you, to, you want to be good. Great. I mean, that's awesome to, for Satan. He's like, man, be good. Be a good person. Go to church. Like that for him, that's awesome. If he can get you there. He doesn't want you to be great. He doesn't want us, you know, cause we can, we all sometimes settle for good when God has for us. Great. And not a prosperity thing. I'm talking about a significance thing. Right. And Satan's like, Hey, you want to keep focusing on success? Awesome. Just don't focus on significance. Right. And so right. really that's 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 really what's become the tragedy. Yeah, and I think what happens is we begin to get so focused on all these things that we want. And then the the pastor says, Hey, you're supposed to go and you're supposed to share Jesus with the people that you work around and and you're like, That's just so hard. But it's only so hard when it's in competition with what our main focus is. Right. And in our fears of not being liked or mm-hmm. not getting the promotion because we're we're, a, we're trying to reflect Jesus in these areas, those fears are all gathered around and they're all centered around what is our main focus and our main focus being that we want to be successful and we want to have everything that we can possibly have. Right, because if Christ is our main focus and making him famous is our main focus, then we can endure the rejection. Yeah. We can endure uh, the time sacrifice it's going to take. We can endure um, the the messiness of of life in this world because we know our goal is not retirement. Our goal is to stand before Christ and hear Him say one day, "Well done, good and faithful servant." And what we've <laughs> really and it's kind of a funny image we think about, it, but really what what has become of of our Westernized Christianity is we think, okay. Like we, we live a good life. We retire and, and we get to kind of have an easy death. What we call it easy death. Like it's like, Hey, it's not a big, like we've had a nice life. We, we've got to retire. We, and like, we're going to stand before God one day in our Bermuda shirts and shorts and flip flops <laughs> with our, and our nice suntan from yeah. retirement and be like, Hey, here I am. And what we don't realize is there's going to be a lot of, of us standing before our maker and our savior one yeah. day going, man, I wasted a lot. Yep. And, and it's hard for us to see that now, 
but one day, like, there's going to be a lot of what ifs. What if I just would have lived on mission in my mission field that he called me to? What if I just would have been able to endure the rejection, endure the time sacrifice? What if I, what kind of significant eternal impact could I have made instead of being focused on the goal of just being good? Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it reminds me as, as many funerals as we're a part of and as, as we've gone to, um, a lot of times we're pretty close to the family in those moments. And even sometimes at those moments at the hospital when a family member has just passed away and as we're there, families often say, man, you couldn't ask for much more for their life. And and they begin to break down all that they did in life. Mm-hmm. And and this is whether it's a lost a lost family or or a saved family. A lot of times they begin to to name off. They had kids and they had a great house and they even had a house in Florida. And the last few years of their life, man, they just really got to relax. And a lot of that me time, like we mm-hmm. talked about right. in our last podcast. And as they begin to break down their success, they lay out all these things. And they lay out all this stuff that they've left behind for their family. And a lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times, all of those things are, are not eternally significant things. And they're honestly things that if you're working about leaving a lot for your kids, just know as many times as we've seen it, nine times out of ten, your kids are going to fight and not even yep. talk to each other anymore yep. after you're dead and gone because they're going to fight over your stuff. Mm-hmm. And you would probably would rather leave a lot of internally or eternally significant things instead of a bunch of material things for your kids to fight over once you're gone. Yeah. And really what it boils down to, to kind of just, if we're going to put a bow on the whole thing, it really comes down to, we have got to see a radical change and a radical shift in our thinking of what this life is all about. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff in this life, but we're not called to chase after good. Jesus said in Mark 8, he called the crowd around him and he looked at his disciples and said to him, if anyone wants to follow him, follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Then he, 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 we always like, oh yeah, take up your cross, but we don't follow that next verse. It says, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me and the gospel will save it. And it doesn't necessarily mean, it does mean like, are you willing to lay your life down? But it also means, are you willing to lay your life aside? Yeah. Like, are you willing to say, I'm going to follow Jesus and say to yourself, I'm going to put me aside for the mission field and the commission that he has given me to do. And that's, this really just comes back. And even I see it in my own life. I struggle with it too. I, we, we all do like, man, like I, we want, we want to, nice family we want to have a home we want to have stuff we want to be able to leave stuff behind for our kids we want to be able to retire but is that really what matters yeah and you know we right now we're probably cutting off right now it's like this is people like man these guys are just crazy and that's the same thing they called jesus followers in this day they were they were crazy because they were putting themselves aside they were putting aside what society said is successful yeah for what is significant and i think the only way we're going to see a real here's a churchy word revival mm-hmm. in our nation and in the churches of our country is to have people actually wake up and go, you know what? I'm living way too much for me. I'm living way too much for the goal of getting to retirement and, and enjoying life than I am for being significant with the things of God and what he's called me to do. Right. And it's hard. And I think that the reality is, and, and probably as we, 
as we come to a close on this, is what, exactly what Jesus said to his disciples is still true today. It's look around. The fields are white to harvest. People are desperate for hope. People are desperate for the message that we have. We have everything that they need. They're ready to hear, but we have to put aside all the things that are so important to us and go on the mission that we've really been given. Mm -hmm. And what we could see would be incredible because they're still white to harvest today, Mm -hmm. just like they were white to harvest at those moments. People were still hungry. They were hungry then, they're hungry now, but we have the most amazing message of a new life, of forgiveness, of restoration, of Mm -hmm. an eternal life with Jesus because of what he did for us on the cross. We just have to start making that our message again instead of making our message, hey, be good people and go to church. Mm-hmm. We, we've got to shift the narrative. So we've we've kind of given this thing, and, and if we're not careful, John, I think it can come across like that you and I are like really great at this, like we're, that we never experience the fear of rejection and we never experience um, the the draw of the American dream in our life. And the reality is that that's not true. Just to be completely clear with anybody who's listening, that is is not the case. We struggle just the same. And so when those fears and when those struggles come as you're trying to accomplish this great commission in your life, um, what is it for you that helps you to overcome that and to refocus and to go out on mission in your life? You know, it, it is hard and, and it is a, it's a battle I fight all the time too. It's, you know, if I left to myself, I would drift towards isolation knowing me, that's, that's who I am. And knowing that some of the battles that I've faced and some of the valleys that we've had to go through and just the, man, all, all those, those words we can use to describe hard times, trying to live this life of denying ourselves. If, if Satan can't get us to drift towards isolation, he can get us to drift towards discouragement, just giving up because it, it is, it is difficult. And so for me, um, you know, when Jesus said in this world, you're going to have trouble, mm-hmm. but then he looks at his disciples and said, be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. And I just, for me, one of the things that I, I cling to that, but then I love that song. Um, it is well, and I believe it's the one, the version by Bethel, yep. um, where they, that one line in there that says, the waves and the wind still know his name. Yeah. And for me, man, that gets me every time because when I'm, when I'm trying to live this mission and it is hard and things aren't going like I think they should, or it's like, I'm having to like, it feels like I'm having to scratch and claw for every inch of ground of momentum to get, get, get going that direction. I just have to remind myself that Jesus said that you're going to have trouble, but I've overcome the world and that man, the waves and the wind, they still know his name that he's in control and it's not me having to do it. It's the power of Christ who does it through me. And so when I want to get focused on success, when I want to get focused on what's good instead of what's great, and I don't want to focus on significance, I got to remind myself, it's not me. It's God that has to do it through me. And I just got to let go. And my job is just to go yeah, and to be faithful wherever that mission field takes me. Yeah. And right now it's, it's here in Centerville, Ohio. And it's, I've, I've been, you know, I grew up in Texas. I've lived in Missouri and now we're here and this is where God has us. And so my job is to be faithful and understand when those times come and they will mm-hmm. is the waves and winds still know his name. And that's huge for me. Absolutely. I think it's so easy to get focused on the waves and wind, just like Peter did. And we, we begin to find ourselves sinking. Mm-hmm. And if you're in that moment, 
do what Peter did. He looked at yeah. his Lord and he just said, help, you yeah. know, <laughs> help me here. And, and, and Jesus came over and he lifted him up. Hmm. And then Jesus calmed the storm. And uh, I, I love that. And so no matter what it is, no matter where you find yourself in your mission field, whether it be your family, parents, you're trying to, to show your children what it means to follow Jesus mm-hmm. or at work, you're trying to show your coworkers or maybe there's some students listening to our podcast, your school, no matter what it is, no matter where you find yourself, look around, identify that you are in a mission field, identify the people that you are going to don't go alone mm-hmm. in community. Talk about this is my mission field. This is the place that I'm going pray in community for your mission field and then go. Mm-hmm. and allow God to do what only he can. And you will be amazed when you turn your life over from being successful for you to being significant for him. Right. You will be absolutely amazed at what God does in your life and how God radically changes your community. So until next week. 